Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. We're in a series on Jehovah. You know, basically, we're known for what we do. Um, like a famous football person is known for whatever position they play in football and the wealth that comes with it, the fame that comes with it. We're known for what we do. So the Lord is likewise known for what he has done. That's what this series is all about, Jehovah Shammah, referring to a time that the Lord was present. The presence of the Lord is very real. God is present everywhere. There's nothing in this world that surprises the Lord. There's nothing that takes him out, uh, uh, by surprise in any way. He's present everywhere we go. And when his presence manifests in a tangible way, lives are absolutely transformed. Amen? Uh, and then Jehovah Shammah, or Shalom, which spoke about uh, God, our, our God that is peace. I mean, people are grateful for the peace of God. That in the midst of anything you go through, there's a peace that passes understanding that is with you. That you know, it doesn't matter how good the attack against my life, against my family, against my loved ones, against this nation is, God is still moving. And as long as there's breath in my lungs, I'll give him praise, I'll give him honor, and I'll thank him because he will lead me out of it. Amen? Amen. He is the God of peace. Supernatural peace. But we spoke about the fact that that where it appeared in Scripture was not where God was calling people to out of a battle. He was calling Gideon to go to war, and that's where the God of peace showed up. So sometimes you have to fight a battle, but there's peace on the inside because you know you're not fighting it for yourself. You're fighting it because the Lord called you to fight that battle. And right now, as patriots that fight for this nation and against communism, we're hated by people that think that it's all about Trump or all about that, but that's not what it's about. We're fighting for people's freedom, and we know that. So don't get caught up in their... Uh, Anger or frustration. No, what you're fighting for is a righteous cause, and that's why you're fighting for it, because freedom matters. Jesus said, I came to set the captives free. Amen? Amen. There's an anointing upon that. So today we're speaking about Jehovah Jireh. Come on. Jehovah Jireh, my provider's grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. So you got to sing that song for me and then just say for you and start pointing to the crowd, you know, make it, make it, make it awesome. <laughs> Jehovah Jireh, my provider's grace is sufficient for me, for you, for you. <laughs> then you're like, me, me, not you, you. <laughs> oh, man. His grace is sufficient. Of course, the name appears in Scripture. The very time Abraham took his son to the mountain to sacrifice his son as the Lord had directed him to do. Right as he's about to plunge into the heart of his own son, the angel of the Lord stops him. says, look in the thicket. The Lord has prepared himself a ram for the sacrifice. Because our God will provide everything you need in this life. Amen? He is a supernatural provider. Jehovah Jireh. Our God who provides. Now, I want to encourage you that sometimes people think in a religious way that God's provision is basically based upon need. 
that living in faith means you're going to live barely by the skin of your teeth in this world because you're living by faith, so you're going to barely have a little and not a lot, but each day will be a great blessing. Now, God can provide for you whether you have a little or have a lot. So, But understand that when we speak about Jehovah Jireh, the Lord providing, um, that God doesn't just provide if you're in absolute dire strains and he doesn't provide for your life otherwise. His name is also El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough. Our God is an extravagant God. Amen. I mean, people are grateful for the creative power of our God, that he didn't just make a bird. It's not like you go outside and there's one bird in the world that flies by and just cuckoo, there's the bird. Thank you, God, for bird. There's birds. I mean, imagine if there's bird. Imagine if there was one bird. We might miss out on chicken. We might miss out on turkey. We might miss out on pheasant and on quail and all the other ones that we eat. Thank God that there's multiple types of birds for us to eat. I think an ostrich is even classified a bird. Very tasty bird. Tastes like steak. It's actually a red meat. Did you know that? Well, now you know. You're welcome. Our God's creative. He didn't make a tree. It's not like there's a tree. He made trees. I mean, there's oak trees. In the oak family, my gosh, people are like, that's a sugar-covered... <laughs> my dad, like a, like a paragraph for the name of the tree. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's a black-crusted, over-the-top, squilled uh, heart, heart pine. It's a tree. Okay. Thank the Lord for that. He's creative. You know, everywhere you look, there's abundance. Everywhere you look, there's a plethora. It's like just, they're still discovering new species today. You could still swim in the ocean and be eaten by something no one even knows about. I pray that doesn't happen to you. But how cool would that be when you get to heaven to be like, bro, they don't even know what it was. We all know how you got here. They're still trying to figure out how I got here down there. That's the extravagance of our God. He's abundant. He says, I can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. He's an extravagant, over-the-top, incredible God. He is not a God of teaching you to barely live a life. He's a God that blesses his children, just as any good father would do. Amen? So I want to encourage you as I speak today that uh, we're going to speak about need and just the abundance, how God supplies every need. But as you dream, dream big because God can do incredible, incredible things for people that dream big. Amen? Small little testimony. I flew into Alaska many years ago uh, with my family. and We're landing in Alaska. I'd never been in Alaska. Always wanted to go to Alaska from the time I was a little kid. It was exciting to me. And the Lord sent us there in ministry opportunity. So there I was in this unbelievable wilderness, a sportsman's paradise, trees, deer, everything. It's freezing cold though. You know, it's Alaska. They do have cold temperatures there in case you didn't know. I know, shocking, right? And um, when we land, I said, as we flew in, man, it'd be awesome to get on a boat and just go out here in, 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 in Alaska. I mean, it's like you watch all the deadliest cats, you see all these things. It'd be amazing to get on a boat, but I don't know how much it costs to charter a boat. Probably not going to happen. We're going to be busy. And so I get into services and we're preaching. And third day into it, third night, a guy comes up to me and he says, This is awkward. 
This probably doesn't mean anything to you, but I own a boat. And I saw you preaching, and I just felt that I would like to extend the offer to take your family out on a boat into uh, the, the waters of Alaska. And I was like, hmm. So, I mean, we, we get our own charted boat. They made a homemade hot cocoa, which was very important, out on the water. And just watch the goodness of God. Just a thought. You just have a thought. Sometimes you just have a thought. Like, you didn't say it. It's not like I got up and said, the Lord's going to give me a boat. And if you have a boat, he's talking to you. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I just had the thought. I just thought, man, it would be fun. And the Lord's like, speaks to a guy with a boat. You have a boat. Take him out on a boat. So let me tell you something. Everything you need is already held in the hands of God's people. A hundred percent. The wealthiest, most prosperous, most powerful force on the earth today is still the church of Jesus Christ. We have everything we need. You're not lacking anything. Say it with me. I have everything I need. Amen. Somebody believe it, then somebody shout amen. amen. Come on. So when I went to Bible college, um, I was a, I was a, I was making a lot of money before I, I, I got saved. <laughs> Sounds sad, right? It's a Jehovah Jireh, and then I followed the Lord, and I got poor. How <laughs> I many people know the Lord will lead you into some dire situations? Can I get an amen? No, no. But it was, it was part of the process. So I, I, I started this job. I was getting paid hardly anything in Nashville. I don't have a lot of money. And the Lord says, go to Bible college. So I'm like, let's do this thing. I got to pay tuition. I got to put down down payment on an on a, uh, apartment. I got to get myself down to Florida. And I just say yes to the Lord. I just like, yes, God, I'm doing this thing. But I had no way to get there. I, I didn't have the money. And so I didn't care. I'm like, I'm doing this thing. If I got to like walk, I'm getting there. If I got to thumb it, I'm doing it. I mean, it's just me at that time. When you're single, you can do whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? You can easily go a week without food. I've done it many times. And so people are like, wow, this pastor's really blessed. <laughs> so I come down, but the day before I come, the day I'm leaving, hours before I leave, someone walks up to me and says, the Lord told me to give you this to, to, for everything you got. Because they actually said, do you have everything you need? And I said, I have everything I need. And I, I wasn't even thinking about finances. I'm like, I got everything I need. His name is Jesus. And they were like, well, how much is the tuition? And I was like, it's money. <laughs> and they wrote me a check, and that check was enough to put the down payment on my apartment and pay my first quarter of tuition because the Lord provided in my obedience to go. Amen? Amen? But I didn't have it when I said yes. I had it when I was already prepared to go. God provides for people of faith. Keep that in mind. Jehovah Jireh, he's the Lord who provides. He's not a respecter of persons, but he's a respecter of people that will operate in realms of faith. you got to step out sometimes and believe the Lord before you even see the breakthrough happen, and then God will meet you there. Amen? How many people realize that, that Peter's feet weren't floating on the boat before he got out and walked on the water? They were just on the boat. But when he stepped on the water, the miracle happened. That's faith you got to stay in faith and keep pushing forward and trust the Lord. Go on the word of the Lord and you will not fail. Go on a good advice from Twitter and you'll most likely fall on your face. I'm just telling you. I didn't have anything, but the Lord provided. Showed up at Bible school first night. This is what they said to us because it was night school. They said, this is a school for revivalists. And I was like, yeah. 
They were like, don't bother coming back tomorrow unless you've led 10 people to the Lord or five people to the Lord and had one bona fide miracle take place tonight. And I was like, I'm like looking around. I mean, everybody, 100 kids dropped out of school that night. They, they never came back again because they were like, well, it ain't going to happen for me. So I go out. I don't know how to win people to the Lord. So I'm begging people in Walgreens parking lot, please just say the name of Jesus or I can't go to school. Say it. Say it. Say what? Jesus. Say Jesus. And I'm like, you know, and I actually got five people to say the name of Jesus. I, I think that probably it's questionable if it's, if it's effectiveness at that time. But I, I was going to do it. And so I costed a few people in Walgreens. And then I was like, I don't know how to get a miracle. Like, how do you get a miracle? I'm looking around like, what, do I, what am I going to do? And here I am. I'm starving. We didn't have any food, all, all of our everything. Our, my apartment had a television on a plastic container. And we had blankets on the ground. We didn't have beds. We didn't have food, nothing. And uh, I look out of the corner of my eye and I see something moving. And I was like, this is the Lord. I feel it. And I turn and I watch this piece of paper flapping in the parking lot of Walgreens and I walk right up to it and I look I've been down and it's a $20 bill stuck to bubble gum on the ground now a prideful person would say that's gross a humble man would say that's groceries thank you I thank you I thank you Bro, $20, that's like, that's a gallon of milk, cereal, loaves of bread, peanut butter and jelly, and several packets of ramen noodles. That's like the Lord just made a way where there was no way. I went up in that Walgreens shouting glory, hallelujah, you know. I could wait till Bible college the next night to tell the people the bona fide miracle. I went in there and I was like, we got a miracle. And they were like, oh, really? That's awesome. We were joking about that. All right, didn't steal my joy. It still happened to me. That story, that $20 will be told around the world till Jesus takes me home. When I stand in front of Paul and Peter, I'm going to begin with, it was $20, bubble gum. You would have walked away, Peter. You would have been like, no. But not this guy. Miracle, our God provides. Every step of the way, the Lord will provide if you just keep going. Amen. So if you've ever done anything in faith, there's always the part of faith that feels great and the part of faith that feels bad. There's the part that you're like, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. Then there's the testing or the part where you're like, did I hear the voice of the Lord? Am I operating right? But God is a provider and he'll always be a provider. It doesn't matter. That's why you can look at the world and see even in third world countries, Haiti, all across the continents of Africa. Thailand, Malaysia, everywhere you look, there's places that God has raised up in dire poverty, absolute impossible situations. Houses of the Lord spring up, walking in a blessing and just seeing the glory of God poured out because our God provides greater than anybody can provide. 
He does not need the governments of the world on his side. He doesn't need the Dow Jones to go up. He doesn't need the NASDAQ to remain steadfast. He doesn't need stocks. He doesn't need bonds. He doesn't need inflation to go down. Our God provides because he's a supernatural God. You can give him a little and you can walk away with more than enough because that's the God that we serve. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. Come on, somebody, not a woman. My God, that's what we're facing. People are like, the church isn't being persecuted. Everything's great. And you're like, whatever. (laughs) I digress. Somewhere in Proverbs it says, not to speak to a fool. Holla. Catch you on the flip side. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. We pray to Brahma, the God of multiple sovereign names, a man and a woman. Okay, buddy. All right. I'm going to skip down to Scripture. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Never let the enemy steal your joy, okay? Always keep your joy. There is infinite possibilities for humor right now. Oh, Jesus. Matthew 6, 25 through 34, powerful scripture. I want to read it to you. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Stop worrying. Amen? What will you eat or what will you drink, nor about your body, what you will put on? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you by caring or which of you by worrying can add any cupid to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, and for your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble." You know, considering this in the New Testament, keep in mind when the Lord led his Israelites out of Egypt and they didn't make it in the promised land because of disobedience and unbelief, they had to wander in the wilderness. But every day manna would come and quail would come and they would be fed. But the rule was you cannot store up for tomorrow so that every day was a faith walk that he would provide today 
just as he did yesterday. But I can't store up for tomorrow because tomorrow God will already be there and he will still provide just as he provided today because our God is here now. Amen? Amen. So don't worry, don't stress. Now the Bible here is pretty specific in in regards to seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's the key to breaking into the realms of God providing for your life. Seek ye first. Seek is an action verb. And so it means you've got to get up and go after something. Amen? It doesn't mean sit back, post on Facebook, sit on your rear end, and expect the Lord to provide for you. There are some people that uh, mistake faith with laziness. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. The Bible says it's disgraceful for a man not to provide for his family. I'm not trying to run anybody down, but get up and go. And in the going, expect the Lord to meet you there. Because the Bible says, whatever you place your hand to shall prosper. So if your hand's placed to nothing, that nothing will prosper into more nothing. And you will have a lot of nothing multiplied. But if you place your hand to something, that will multiply. And the Lord will do great things for you. Amen? Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, it's an action verb. And then there's an adverb. The adverb is first. That lets you know what priority God means this to be in your life. He doesn't say, come after me after you've made some arrangements in your life, squared away a few things, and got yourself secure, because security matters, and then you could have God. He says, seek first the priority of your life in high times, low times, young years, old years, middle years, married years, single years, whatever year you are in, is to make a priority of your life that I will seek the kingdom of God first. I will go after his ways above my ways. I will let his voice lead me. His word is the plumb line of my life. And everything I desire is wrapped up in my pursuit of the one that is worthy of being pursued. Amen? Amen. And in that, things are unlocked in your life. Now, keep in mind the Bible. Jesus is saying this. And he's not saying, seek ye first the kingdom of God in the sense of that there is a physical place for you to seek after. See, people mistake this. And they have these pilgrimages where they go on these long journeys to to some physical place as though there's a miracle waiting for them in that place. We we preached in Katral where uh, 40,000 Hindus come every day to go on a journey up a mountain to give gold sacrifices to three rocks because when they give to those rocks, they'll prosper, they'll have wisdom, and they'll have long life to each rock. That's not what Jesus is saying. Thank the Lord for that. I mean, what if Jesus, seek ye first the kingdom of God in Tucson, Arizona, 33401. And we're all wandering around Tucson like, where is it? Where is it? Oh, I think I found it. It's not a physical location. What Jesus is telling you is, in fact, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is not out in the deserts. It's not over there. It's here in you. It's within you. It's all around you. It's throughout you. But Jesus is saying if you want to tap into the supernatural provision of God, you've got to make it a priority to understand how the kingdom operates. Because I'm in this world, but I ain't of this world. My provision doesn't come from this world. My life is not tied up to this world. My allegiance isn't to anything in this world. It's to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm passing through. Come on, somebody. I'm of royal blood. I'm headed to the throne room of the Almighty, and I'm passing through right now. And all my provision has already been stored up and prepared for me from the one that went ahead of me. His name is Jesus. He's a supernatural God. 
The world may call you crazy, but it doesn't matter because the world is actually crazy. So when crazy calls saying crazy, don't worry about it. Just know they the crazy. I got it figured out. I'm following the one. So what that means is that your responsibility as a believer, you say, I haven't seen great things that the Lord providing. It's because you're not willing to follow the voice of the Lord and grow in your understanding of how does the kingdom operate? How does God's kingdom operate? Because if you move to Africa, you're going to try and figure out how does this operate right now so that I can, I can figure out a way to be successful. In America, it's like we were told forever, go to college, do these things, and you'll be successful. What a crock of stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the system. Well, as a born-again believer, the system you need to figure out is how does the kingdom of heaven operate in my life? How do I unlock all the blessings that God has spoken over my life that are said to overtake me every day? I choose that over putting my faith in somebody to eliminate my student loans. Right? Come on, somebody. So how do you get it? You grow. You understand it's faith that moves the heart of God. That it's learning how to let the voice of the Lord lead you forward. It's obedience sometimes. Say obedience. Sometimes it's as simple as doing what the Lord tells you to do. Even if your mind doesn't understand why he's saying to do that. In fact, all throughout the Bible, a woman came and said, man, we're starving. My children are going to be sold into slavery. I can't pay my bills. And the prophet of God says, what do you have? She says, I have nothing but, nothing but a little bit of oil. And he says, go borrow all the vessels you can borrow. Lock yourself tight in your room. Shut the windows. Don't let unbelief in. Don't let your negative Nancy through the door. Don't let anything in the house close it down and begin to pour. And watch as you pour. It will keep pouring as long as there's a vessel to pour it into. It's obedience through her obedience of a simple thing. How many people realize most likely as the oil stopped, they thought about Jimmy, John, Richard, and Susan that also had vessels. And they were like, why didn't we get their vessels? My God, Bob's got a whole tank. Bob's always have tanks. By obedience, a miracle happened. The, the woman that was going to feed one meal, by obedience, provision came. Supernatural provision. And you know, one time, we're following the Lord. I worked for a ministry. I didn't get a lot of money. I wasn't making a lot. In fact, if we followed our budget, at the end of every month, we had $6 left over. I couldn't even take my wife out to see a movie because we didn't have enough money. So we were tight, tighter than tight, but we were happy. And so here we are, got the kids, everything's going great. And the Lord speaks to me in a time of prayer. And he says, Caleb, I'm going to teach you how to believe for more than just your family. And I interpreted that as God is about to increase me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yes, you are, God. Teach away, mighty one. What are you going to teach me? Stock trading, day trading, currency trading, forex trading. Oh, I'm listening. And the next thing I, I know, I go to church. The Spirit of God lays on my heart and my wife's heart independently of each other. My wife goes forward and starts, she takes off her wedding band. She takes off her necklace. She takes off her earrings. She takes off her boots. Just giving everything to the Lord, crying before God. And as I see it, I'm like, I, this is it. This is the Lord. 
And I gave everything that we had, all of our money away, which was like the little bit of savings that we had. Gave it all away. We'd just gotten our paycheck. So I gave all of that away. And keep in mind, we got paid every two weeks or whatever. All of that was what was factored into the budget of, if we follow the budget, at the end of the month, we'll have $6 left. I gave it all away. And I maxed out my credit card, which was a $500 limit. So it's not that impressive. <laughs> I gave it all, though. And in the moment, I felt amazing. The, 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 the Lord was so strong, and it was so holy and so wonderful. But the next day, you wake up, and you still have a flesh. And when I woke up the next day, you go through everything you could ever imagine, from the Lord is so good to I'm an idiot to what have I done to uh, please God have mercy on me, back to the Lord is so good and I'm set up for a miracle, back to oh my God, what have I done? Jesus help me. Like literally, you, you're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. So if you, if you have ever talked to someone and they're not feeling good, wait five minutes and check again. They may be, <laughs> they may be at a place of victory then. And I'm just telling you the truth. So the Lord said, I'm going to teach you to believe for more than just your family. Now then, when this happens, we have a person living in our house from South Africa that ate a lot of food. <laughs> it wasn't this South African, but he knows because he eats a lot of food. And um, I thought to myself, it's going to be simple the way the Lord does it. God's going to send a check in the mail because I have nothing and I have bills to pay. I'm trusting the Lord. I am, I am walking on water. The boat is blown up. There is no other option. So, Lord, lead me forward. And so I went to the mailman every day. And I even started looking in his bag, and that's where it got ugly. <laughs> I, I didn't, I actually, I really didn't know that that was illegal. I, I mean, it's, it's mail. Like, what? My gosh, I might see somebody's magazine choice, you know. Oh, oh my gosh, their rifle's unlimited. But it is a federal offense, so don't do that, okay? Don't look in the mailman's bag. He does not think that is cool. I was looking for a check because I had gotten my mail, and it was bills, and I was like, you got to give me that bag. You, you don't have the magic touch, sir. I go home. I got bills. I'm like, great. What am I going to do? And I remember opening the first bill, and it was like the water bill or something. And it's, I pull it out, and it says, you owe $0. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> Tell me about it. You know, and it's like this little short little thing, like, you know, re recalculating something. So who cares? You know, I owe, I owe nothing. <laughs> and then our electric bill comes. Open the electric bill. You owe nothing. And you're like, what? <laughs> the car insurance sent me a check for $63. <laughs> it wasn't the billions I thought the Lord was going to do. But $63 when you got nothing is like, mm-mm-mm-mm. You're like pulling up scripture like Isaiah 63 or something. It's got to have a prophetic meaning. <laughs> Matthew 6-3. Amos, 6-4, you know what? Nothing. It was just $63. But that's better than paying it when you have no money. I drove a Z71 pickup truck, four-wheel drive, dueled out, because that's what men of God drive. 
How do you know a man's anointed? Look at the vehicle that he's in. If that thing can go in the mud, the Lord says he's a, he's a breakthrough person. Follow that guy. He won't get stuck. Shabababa. You go out there and the preacher's got like, 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 like never mind, I'm going to stop. I'll name a car and people are like, that's it. I'm burning it to the ground. Old Betsy, you ain't, you ain't anointed. Preacher done said, I can't have you. That's why I ain't breaking through. So I drive a pickup truck. Gas was $4.30 a gallon back then because of who was, because of things. <laughs> we all know why. We lived through that. You're like praying about going to get pizza. I just don't know with the gas expense, if you factor that in, it's going to be about $733. Anyone just... Stay home tonight. That's what made Netflix big. People are like, no, no, I ain't going to the movies. Are you kidding me? $30 there, $50 to get in, $30 back home. Netflix. And then they turned out to be the devil. <laughs> Buying that devil. Three people are just now... Honey, cancel the Netflix. I have it from good authority. It's the devil. I thought something was fishy in the house. Get rid of it. And so, so I watched for, for three weeks. The needle of my gas never ran out. Didn't even change. It's like we were driving not on gasoline. We were driving on seed. We had given, and the Lord says, I can make a way where there is no way. Come on, somebody. That's the God that we serve. Like the testimony I shared last week of our friend that flew with no gas, just flew. You don't get in a plane with no fuel unless you have the word of the Lord, and you better know it's the word of the Lord. Like that's where you seek counsel, you know what I'm saying? I think I'm just going to call another one. What's, I mean... 200 people said yes, but 201 I feel right about. <laughs> and um, then our food never ran out. And I cannot explain that miracle. In a household where food disappears, as soon as it's there, <laughs> you're like, what happened? I even wrote daddies on that. There's no respect in this household. If you don't learn how to give honor. And every parent here knows. You know you're hiding food in your closet right now. You're a grown person with your own house. And you're stuffing things in your sock drawer. Because you want it to be there later. Like I'm sick and tired. I bought this eight times and I've never had any of it. Just evaporates. I go to sleep and it's like gremlins came in the house. Ah. <laughs> we, <laughs> we bought a wheel of cheese one time. We're like, this is like a tank thing of cheese. You felt like the boss. It's wrapped in the real wax. You're like, this is it. 
We're real people now, babe. We've arrived. We're buying cheese from the Amish. You, when it's like, for the cheese, you're like, we're blessed. This is favor. We bring it home. The next day, it's gone. Just gone. I'm like, babe, where's the cheese? She's like, I, 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 I you ate it. I, I can't eat all that. So I'm like, whichever child doesn't go to the bathroom for a week is the culprit. I, I actually went and started weighing them. I was like, this one feels denser. How dare you eat my cheese? This is a hundred dollar block of cheese, you little rat. <laughs> From now on, babe, get that cheap little American sliced cheese in the plastic thing they're gonna fumble with. We'll teach them a lesson. And the food never ran out. Literally supernaturally, every time. There was actually a pie in the fridge that I ate from for like three weeks. Pie disappears. And every day, it was like something, it became an excitement to me. I would like sneak down the steps. Because our fridge, our fridge was right there. And I would open the door and be like, the pie is still there. And I would bring it out, and I would cut a slice, and I'd stick it back in there, and I'd eat the slice the next day. The pie never went bad. Miracle pie. And that's how I know the Lord loves me, because it wasn't like spinach that never ran out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let me tell you the miracle of the never-ending kale bag. <laughs> I buried it in the backyard. I burned it. I set it on fire. That stuff kept coming. My God. I wasn't planning any of this. It's a very serious message. I hope you're getting in the midst of everything right now. <laughs> the miracle of the never-ending kale. I started sowing kale, and kale was coming everywhere. But I learned in that because in the midst of that, as I was seeking the Lord and, and experiencing a genuine miracle, this is what the Lord said to me. Because he had said, I'm going to teach you how to believe for more than just your family. In the midst of the miracle, the Lord says, Caleb, don't ever put me in the box of money. Because I am greater than money. I can sometimes operate like that, but I don't always have to operate like that. God is a provider. And it's not based upon a paycheck or a bank account or a miracle check in the mail. God can provide whether you have just a little bit of food and there's 5,000 people. Come on. God says, what do we have? Now, what did the disciples say at that point? They were like, the crowd is too great and we don't have enough money to buy them food. So send them away. And Jesus said, well, what do we have? We have a little bit. Well, then bring it here. He broke it, blessed it, and fed the crowd. One chapter later. One chapter. It's not like another book. It's another chapter. Same dudes. Same story. There's a big crowd. What are they saying? We can't feed them. You would think. You read it and you're like, what's wrong with these people? 
But the moral of the story is we do that to the Lord. See, every time we step out in faith, the mind wants to tell you this is the time that God won't provide. And you got to remind yourself, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That even if I have a little bit and it's impossible, I serve a God that does the impossible. Yeah, it's impossible, but it's totally doable. All you got to do is keep your eyes on Jesus. He can do whatever needs to be done. Whatever you have is more than enough when it's placed in the hands of the Almighty. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. What all does he provide? Anything and everything you could want or need. Anything you could search for, the Bible basically says. The Gentiles seek after these things. Everything you want to seek after. When I was young, I wanted to travel the world, but I was raised on a dairy farm. When you are raised on a dairy farm, you travel 20 minutes from the farm. (laughs) To the store. Okay, better get back. Check on the cows. Oh, my God, they're still there. Who wants to go on vacation for an hour? Oh, gee, where are we going? Although I did like those little push-up pops. That became, that was like our vacation. (laughs) Whatever happened to those things? I never went anywhere. I got saved at 19 years old. At 25 years old, I looked back at the five years of serving the Lord, and he had taken me to multiple nations of the world, he had made a way where there were, and, and things that were dreams and desires of my heart that I didn't even try to make happen. That if I tried to seek and make it happen, I would have strived to make it happen. God just gave it to me freely. All it was attached to was following the Lord every single day, and He provided everywhere that I went. I saw the Lord do things. Sometimes you can be in the midst of a miracle and miss out on it. Because you're so busy looking at what other people have that you think God's not providing for you. Take your eyes off the world and look to the one that's leading you forward and realize you have more than enough. You're abundantly supplied and great things are happening everywhere you go. Come on. That's the God we serve. He's awesome. He provides. He's a supernatural provision maker. He rains quail down, manna down. He gives from a little boy's lunch and feeds thousands of people. Anything you could possibly want or need, he has it. In fact, the Bible says when Jesus was leaving, he says, anything you ask the Father in my name, he will give it unto you. And I'll never forget, I listened to Kenneth Hagin one time teach about that. And he said, if you take the the actual Hebrew Greek words of what Jesus was saying, Jesus actually said, anything you ask, if I don't yet have it, I will make it and bring it to you. Think about that. That means when you're walking in faith, You're changing the destiny of the world as you walk in faith because God is shifting things to provide for the one that had faith enough to say, where I go, God will provide every step of the way. And God says, I will change it all to meet the needs of the one that operates in faith. If you're operating in faith, take five seconds and thank the Lord for the breakthrough. 2021 is going to be exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that you could ask or think. Jesus, gain understanding. Seeking the kingdom is learning how to operate in kingdom values. Anybody you've ever seen in the kingdom of God that God has increased or blessed, and you've watched them know that everything they possess or everything that they've learned is available to you. All you got to do is grow in that capacity. Say, Lord, teach me concerning that. And I know it's getting late. It's nearly, what, 2 p.m.? Whatever. 
But it's accessible. It's not far. It's not difficult. It's not a pilgrimage. It's understanding the kingdom of God. And how does the kingdom of God operate? It's a kingdom based upon the power of a seed. Everything. What did Jesus say even concerning the word of God? He said it's a seed. And Luke, it talks about the power of the seed. The seed is incorruptible and perfect. But the soil is what you've got to work on. Come on. And I grew up on a dairy farm. When we would break in a new ground, we'd have a field, and we we're going we're to get this field ready. Never used it before. We're going to till up the ground. And we would till up the ground, and massive rocks would be all in it because that's what Tennessee is. And my dad would drive in an air-conditioned tractor with a cold drink, and I would be walking in the heat of the sun, picking up the rocks and throwing them in the tractor. It was so great. <laughs> Pays to be the boss, you know what I'm saying? Dad, how's it up there in the AC? Pretty good. You missed a big one there. Some people, you find that. When you get saved, that's your life. It's tilling up, and there's going to be rocky patches. You're getting those rockets out of your life. Those hiccups, those moments of fear, those moments of doubt, those things that, that knock you off track because you're trying to learn how to operate in the kingdom of God, which is a kingdom based upon seed time and harvest. And the word declares, as long as the earth remains, until you are out of here and the earth implodes, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will be here. That's a promise from God saying every plot of the enemy, every strategy of man, every kingdom does not have the power to stop the power of a seed sown in faith. Keep sowing. Amen. The Bible says those that regard the clouds and regards the wind that hold back the seed will not have the abundance of the harvest when they need the harvest. So take note of, no, no, no note of what the world is doing. Let the world hem and haul. Let the stock market rise and fall. Your source is not attached to anything in this world. It's attached to a kingdom that is unshakable. A kingdom that says if a seed falls in the ground, it'll multiply. It'll spring forth into brand new things. Everything you've ever given given in your pursuit of God has never been forgotten, has never been lost. It is in the ground and a harvest is coming and the Bible says, do not grow weary in well-doing for in good season you shall reap. Praise God. I feel fire in this place. And my God provides. And when he provides, he provides well. He leads you. He guides you. It's a kingdom of seeds. The word is a seed. Every time you read this, the word, the seed gets in the soil of your heart. And the more you meditate it, the more you sprinkle it with faith, the more you act upon it. That's seeking the kingdom. You're putting action to it, and then you're growing, and you're growing, and you're growing. The more you share your faith with another person, the greater your relationship with Jesus gets. It's shallow till you pull someone else alongside of you. And then you pull another one and another one and another one. And it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Because everything in the kingdom has no limits. This world has a timeline attached to it. This world has finite numbers. But you cannot measure the blessing of God with a number or a spreadsheet. Because it is infinitely beyond anything this world has ever seen. One drop of God's anointing is greater than all the armies of the world. Come on, somebody. One word spoken in faith and power is stronger than a locomotive. It's stronger than a jet plane. It's stronger than a cannon shot. It's the power of the incorruptible word of God. And his word says, my word never returns void. It always accomplishes that which it was sent forth to do. Somebody grab this right now. Jesus.
You're not abandoned. You're not without. You're not forsaken. You are just prime waiting for a breakthrough. Your God can do it. If you can think it, he can, th- he can outthink that. It says, delight yourself in the Lord. That's what giving to the Lord's all about. It's not because it's ritualistic or religious. It's not because God says, I will curse you if you don't do this. Although the Bible says, follow my word, or there is a cursing. Because the earth is cursed. But the children of God don't have to participate in a curse. Because we've been given away to tap into a blessing. To where everywhere we go, there's provision for us. Now, does that mean that you'll never know a day where there's tight things? Everybody in here, most people, have had tight seasons and abundant seasons. I would tell you all, it's much better (laughs) in abundant seasons. But as Billy Graham once said, everybody loves the mountaintops because that's where vision and perspective is is best. But it's in the valleys that the fruit has grown. So sometimes you just have to stay in faith. Sometimes you're looking at a crowd and you don't have a way, but you have a way. And that's why God put you there at that moment. Faith is understanding that God is going to present you with with possibilities in life that are beyond your scope, beyond your understanding, and beyond your education. And you can choose to let that opportunity go by, or you can choose to be a person of faith and just step in that gap and say, God, here I am. I'm unprepared, but you are my preparation. And I stand in the gap for the kingdom of God and say, Lord, breathe upon my life that I would be a life that shows forth the glory of God. Jehovah Jireh, our God, provides. Sometimes your provision is attached to obedience. Like when Simon Peter came to Jesus and said, what about taxes? Who in here loves taxes? <laughs> Nobody? Nobody's like, tax me again, please. I'll pay twice. <laughs> and P- Peter's like, should we pay him? Jesus is like, I don't know. I guess, yeah, lest we offend somebody, let's pay him. And what did he tell Simon Peter, a fisherman, to do? He said, go fish. It's not like Simon Peter's like, how do I do that? That's crazy. That's so far beyond me. Jesus, he's like, okay, I can do this. The first time God provided for Simon Peter was a boat sinking load of fish in a net. The next time was one single fish that had a gold coin in it that was enough to pay his taxes and Jesus' taxes. So if you got a boat, I'm looking if you want to take me out this week. Got a big tax bill coming up. Just praying the right bass falls in my lap. You know what I'm saying? Come on. What's in there? Hat, hat. I see something. I see something. This is simple obedience. Sometimes it's a simple act to follow. How many people in here, the Lord has actually told you to do something and you didn't do it. And if you had done it, when the Lord told you to do it, it would have done great things in your life. Come on, raise your hands. I know I've missed it. You tell yourself you'll never miss it again, and then you miss it again. And you tell yourself, that's it, that's the last time. I'll never miss it again. And then you miss it again, and you're like, seriously, God, how do you even use me? <laughs> and that's where you understand mercy and grace. You're like, man, he's, he ain't lying about that, because I'm one screwed up, hard-headed, idiot, cotton-headed, niggy-mugging. I'll yell at people to be in faith on Sunday and Monday. I'll drop the ball. Because I'm human. Thank God we don't depend on humans. 
Thank God our salvation is not attached to one man on this earth that we're like, please don't fail us. It's beyond, because God was like, I can't trust any of you to get that job done. Even with Abraham, he's going to cut a covenant. He's like, Abraham, let me just put you to sleep. <laughs> and then I'll cut the covenant because you would have screwed it up. It's the goodness of God, the grace of God, the provision of God, obedience. Sometimes it's obedience, but it's always attached to pursuit. The more you pursue God, the more you're going to give up things of this world to keep pursuing God and draw closer to heaven. And along the way, God will chip off the things that were holding you back and get you into a place of supernatural positioning for heaven's best on your life. Trust me, God's plan is the plan you want to manifest in your life. You don't want any other plan. But heaven's plan is the most fulfilling, the most precious the most, the safest and the most rewarding plan you're ever going to have manifest in your life. It's in the pursuit of God. While pursuing the Lord as a young person, and I hope you guys are still with me. I hope nobody's hungry. <laughs> Thanks for mentioning food. Ushers, bring out the, the meat and the flesh. The, the meat and the bread. We'll go ahead and feed the crowd. They're just looking at me. They're like, we don't have enough. ill-prepared ushers. So biblical. I'll finish with this. And I'll tell you, the worship team took a long time today. So it's not just me. Don't leave and say, Pastor Caleb was long-winded. I saw a couple singers up there going to town. We actually don't care about the time here anyways. Our 9 o'clock service goes to 11. You're just like, hey, hope you can find a parking. <laughs> Every day that I get in trouble with the staff, you need to, we need like a break. We need, okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Remind me next Sunday. <laughs> it's a miracle y'all find parking bays. I don't even know how it happens. <laughs> but as I was pursuing the Lord, the first thing the Lord told me to do as I radically got saved was he said, leave where you're at, which I was at a commercial foremanship job. I was making good money for a 19-year-old kid. And the Lord said, leave it. And the natural, that's not a good plan. But following the Lord, I was obedient to go. I go and I walk away from that. God takes me to Bible school, begins a journey on my life in the midst of Bible college. I go home to Nashville, Tennessee. I'm working with Charlie Champ, a good friend of mine, in a cabinet shop. And the guy that owns the cabinet shop says, I want to make you a partner in the business. And my pastor in Nashville says, I want you to sign up for an internship with me and not go back to Bible school. And great, torn, I was torn. I didn't know what to do. Here's opportunity. It must be the Lord, right? It's great opportunity. More money. Great things. Signing up as an intern. This must be the Lord. And I, I wrestled night and night. And then I realized the only reason I don't have peace is because I'm even considering this. Because God, God said go to Bible school, and he never said quit halfway. Sometimes the Lord gives you a sentence, and you can manipulate it to make it what you want, but you've got to really think, what did God tell me to do? And be obedient to do that. And in the fulfillment of that obedience will come the next clear word from God. And so I stayed the course, and I went back 
I went into the toughest season of my life. Went from the opportunity to own a business, sign up as an intern, to I went back to Bible school. My, I tore like the ligaments in my knee. I was in pain. I couldn't move. I was fired from my job because I couldn't operate. I had no money and I was starving and I couldn't pay my tuition, couldn't pay my rent. I'm about to be evicted. My cell phone's going to be turned off and my truck's going to be repoed. And you're telling me that the Lord called me to this? Now listen, you can get stuck in the valley of the shadow of death, but the Bible doesn't say stay. It says, though you walk through it, keep on walking, brother. You know, it's like, this is bad. <laughs> I'm going to get on up out of here. I ain't taking a nap, I'll tell you right now. Give me another shot of coffee if that's all it takes. I'm running. <laughs> Some people just camp out there to have that self-pity and loathing moment. Well, it was me. I told you I'm Job. It's prophetic. Oh, my gosh. Grow, grow up. Your name's Steve. It's not Job. Get on out of there. Now, now I'll get. But I'm in that moment, right? And this is what I'm talking about. The provision of God is attached to pursuit. The enemy wants to distract your pursuit. It always comes with something over here and something over there. Something back that way. Oh, I'm here. But if I could just go back to Egypt. In Egypt, there was provision. In Egypt, though I was a slave, things were pretty good. I was comfortable because I had security. I knew which whip was going to hit me. And I knew who was going to yell my name. Let me go back to that. And we all can look at the Israelites and say, why do they ever want to go back to Egypt? Why did they miss out on the promised land? Because they stopped pursuing the promised land. Keep in mind, the Bible says the blessing of Abraham is on every person of faith. But if you read the Bible, before Abraham was called, God called his father. But Terah didn't go as far as Abraham went because he stopped the pursuit halfway. So God said, then the next generation will be the generation that I'm going to call them all the way. And as long as Abraham keeps moving forward and keeps pressing through, the blessing of God will be on that man. So the same blessing that was on him can be on you. And all you got to do is get your eyes focused on the prize and say, I don't care what happens there. I don't care what happens there. I'm headed straight towards the one that's calling my name. I will accomplish everything he tells me to do in this life. And in that provision will be found in my life. I will never stress for what other people spend their life seeking after. It'll overtake me. Come on, somebody. It'll overtake me. Things that I would have strived for, striven, strived for, striven, striven. My wife's like, no, honey, no. Work with me, baby. Come on, give me a tell them it's Greek. And then the Lord broke me through. In that low moment, Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I knew what God was saying. Though it looks impossible. Though it looks like we're surrounded, though you're in a valley of dry bones, your heart towards me is pure. I know who you are, and you know who I am. That settles the issue. Doesn't matter. And in that moment, I knew, boom, everything will be okay. Provision came. Everything broke free. I wound up getting this girl, marrying her, then keep going down. And then the Lord calls me to go in the ministry. I want you to hear this because people think, well, you're in the ministry for what? For what purpose? I'm in the ministry because there was a conviction in my heart for this generation. Because it, I didn't have, every day I woke up and all I could think about is the cry 
of this generation to know God, to discover his ways, to truly fall in love with Jesus. That's what moved me forward. I did not feel qualified. I did not feel talented enough. I never had a prophetic word that said, you're going to be the one. I was going on nothing other than a driving conviction in my heart to say, God, I may not be your first pick, but if you would use me, I'll give you everything I've got. And I told the Lord, I said, God, if you give me one drop of your anointing, one drop, I'll turn it into an ocean because I will never stop pouring from one drop, God. You don't have to give me a lot, but you better give me something because I'm going to stand for you and you alone. And so if I go, you got to go with me. And the Lord went with me. But before I even got out the gate, I'm excited I'm going to go. Then comes the next distraction. My boss comes to me and says, you're the best I, I, I recruiter we've got. He said, you can pick any city anywhere in the world. You can go international if you want to. I will set up an office. I will give you the sales and the recruiting in commissions, and you will be the manager of that entire location. I will give you ownership shares in this company if you would just say yes to me. And I looked that man in the eye, and I'm so glad I can tell you today that there wasn't even a moment hiccup in me because twice I had walked away from what looked like a good thing. And every time I walked away, I found that it was better to follow Jesus than to ever cling to the thing that the world tells you is worth holding on to. And I looked at him and said, sir, I'm going. And he said, I knew you were going to say that, but I had to offer it to you. That business went on to be multi-millionaires. They sold it all and are blessed today. But I can tell you something. That even if I had all that money, I wouldn't have the stories of where God had taken me across the nations of the world and seen the encounters that I've seen and the miracles that I've seen. And so I'm running for one that rewards far greater than any reward this world could ever give. Do not be distracted. Come on, somebody. 2021, let your focus be back on the prize and know that you're running for him. And I don't care if something looks good over here. It might not be the Lord. Don't chase after things that you're not supposed to chase after. You don't have to go after blessings. Blessings come after you. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.